Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of Movie Dudes. Uh, so in this podcast, as usual, we're, we take one film and just dissect it, talk about everything we can about it. And this week's episode is a very special episode because it is a film that we both really like and we both have a lot of stuff to say about it. It's a Japanese horror film from the 1970s named House. So Yes, um, I'm so excited. <laughs> watching the video version we'll see but i have um i have the criterion blu-ray right next to me on Same. propped up yeah. on a card on a cardboard box because i am still moving <laughs> right and i also even have a shirt got a house shirt that i bought from uh red bubble which is a, a website that i heard uh steals people's art so don't buy it from it but even though <laughs> i did never i i have bought from Redbubble as well it's okay we we've Every, all everyone we've everyone all has. sinned we've all sinned yes <laughs> the the only thing is we must not do it again true I, i'm never true. buying from there again i would buy no same i bought posters not. from there when i moved into my apartment and like two of them were fine mm-hmm. but like all the rest of them were so awful and low quality Oh, like they can't, they can't yeah. even steal right. <laughs> it's just terrible. Yeah, My mine's fine. Yeah, I think I got lucky. Uh, house, yeah. Yes, house. Uh, so, oh my goodness. Uh, so, all right. Um, before we go deep, uh, deeper into the movie, I want to clear out that for uh, those who are first joining us, uh, this podcast is not meant for people who have not watched the film, and they're also not meant for people who let's say have not watched the film but don't care about being spoiled uh, we're going to talk about a lot of, of stuff we're going to talk about basically everything in the movie a lot of stuff that you may not understand if you have not seen the movie so if you want to watch the episode um i'm, I'm going to put a link in the description to the criterion channel where you can watch the film um if you don't have the subscription the subscription you can take the free trial and you're going to be able to watch the film basically for free and uh it's a film that is worth seeing honestly it's also on hbo max if any i did not know that that. yes in in nor in um in america at least it is on hbo max so if you guys have that that's how i first watched it so if you guys have that then absolutely that's a good way to watch it do not illegally stream the film please We, we do not endorse that we do not endorse that especially for a film such as house which you know doesn't it's not like a marvel film where if you, if you illegally stream that one, it's not going to impact them at all. Like, th- this film is a film that needs to be respected and that yes. needs to de- to have the the fan base that it, um, the, that it deserves. So, House, basically, uh, just to kind of recap the story, is about a group of young teenage girls who decide to spend summer vacation going to uh, one of the girls' aunt's uh, house. And so they, they go there. Uh, it's kind of like the cliche old giant yet very scary house. Um, and, you know, they they start st- spending time there and everything's fine. But then slowly they realize that, oh, there's some weird shit going on, um, especially in this film. And, uh, yeah, it's a very kind of basic horror film synopsis. Um, and so should we... Uh, yeah, I think we should go already into what makes this film so great. It is the most fucked up film I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if I'd say it's 
I don't know if I'd say well, it's exactly right. messed up or anything, but it's well, I, I, I it's crazy. I, maybe it is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. You're right. Uh, yeah, it's the craziest film I've ever seen. It's uh, there. It, it's the. How, how can I even? There's so much to say. How can we describe this film the best? I don't. There was someone who had a really good uh, description yeah. out there, but I just don't remember. I, I think you can just go off of Bill Hader's words, and that it's just a crazy right, movie. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah that's uh, something we've mentioned on an earlier episode, which is uh, in Bill Hader's Criterion Closet, and he said this one was... Uh, he just picked up the film and said, this is a crazy fucking movie. <laughs> and it's a great way to describe it, because it is. Yeah, there's no, um, there's no better way to describe that movie. It's uh, this movie. It's insane. I was gonna bring this up, I guess, a little bit into it, but I think yeah. it, I think it absolutely, I don't know, sets the atmosphere of the movie so well is the soundtrack. Um, Thank you. I was gonna mention that by the uh, by the band uh, Go Daigo, mm-hmm. and it is just incredible. Like you have, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have like I'll mention more of the songs when like those scenes come up, especially one scene, but um. Mm. The just like there's the upbeat music in the beginning. There's like the more beautiful music during like the balcony scenes, mm-hmm. and there's just I don't know. It, there's obviously the main yeah. the main piano riff that goes throughout the film. Well, yeah, I uh, I put that in my notes in my notes. I think where I said that the main theme for the film is it, it fits the vibe so well. Yeah, I think it's I I think it's one of my favorite soundtracks ever. Like it's in the top oh, ten so, for sure. It's really good. Um. So um, w- one thing that I wanted to talk about for this film that I think is really interesting that I really like is how. Um, Nobuhiko Bayashi, who is the director of the film, used so many like techniques to to sh- to shoot the film like. He, he re- really tried his best to use the the most techniques, whether it's in terms of animation or in terms of how to use a camera that just makes every scene can, almost looks like it's from. Uh, sometimes almost looks like it's from a different film. Uh, you got scenes that have just a bunch of green screens. You got scenes that have um, hand drawn animation. Some other scenes have stop motion animation. It's the guys that. Cr- Kind of a creative genius, in my opinion. Oh, I think so as well. I still mm-hmm. need to watch. Um, I have a lot of his movies on my watch list yeah. that I have to watch. But mm-hmm. um, I yeah. that was okay. I guess I'll go into my first experience watching this movie because I kind of went in expecting. Um, I don't know what I was expecting. I was kind of expecting mm-hmm. like a much more creepy atmosphere. Right. So let's just say the first thirty minutes completely threw me off. I was like, "What is yeah. this?" Same thing happened to me. And then yeah. by the end of it, I was I was confused, but I was like, "I like that." And then I watched it a second time shortly before we started the podcast, and I was like, "It's really good." That was around the time I got the Criterion of it. Um, right. And then I watched it obviously in preparation for this episode, and it just further cemented in my mind how good this movie is. Hmm. That's well. That's actually something that I. Uh, this is kind of a good segue for something that I wanted to talk about, which is how, it's interesting how, 
Uh, it's interesting to, to talk about this film, uh, this film in terms of Japanese horror films because um, Japan, uh, from what I know, is the only country country besides uh, the the United States that has its own like well known genre of horror films. Like that I makes mean, sense, horror yeah. films is a thing. Like you got films like especially uh, The Ring, mm-hmm. and you know all those uh, all those kinds of yeah. You have like kind of. Yeah, like the ring, Onibaba, like all mm-hmm. that, all that stuff. Like you could even put like, I, I don't know. I'd say Perfect Blue is more of a thriller, but that could fit in there. I guess so. I haven't seen it. Oh, but, you haven't? Ooh. Yeah, I think that. I Ooh. think that. I, I think I recommended that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and, anyway, um, but yeah, no, it's interesting, kind of, kind of to compare this film because it's so. I don't know. I f- I feel like this film is more. Uh, what someone who's been on the internet a lot would expect from a Japanese horror film, because <laughs> this I don't know this film. Uh, I'm, I told you that I think that this film has uh, it's filmed kind of like those weird Japanese commercials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, like uh, uh, I was, which mm-hmm. that's a really good um, segue to bring up uh, because uh, there's so this, many great segues. There's this, yeah. I know. <laughs> There's this um video out there that I recommend everybody watch after this podcast called uh, mm-hmm. uh by a uh, cynical Justin where he goes over okay. where he goes over the um the background of house how it was made and the reception it had and um, oh the director Nobuhiko Obayashi uh actually uh because like back back when he started breaking into cinema. Um, Japanese film was kind of on a downturn after the right. after you know Godzilla got kind of saturated and TV was starting to get on the rise. So mm-hmm. you know, really the only time the only ways you could break into Japanese cinema as a director in like 1975 when he started was you could either go into commercials or you could make softcore porn movies, mm-hmm. and so. Right. Obayashi uh, decided to go into commercials. So he, I believe, during his time as a director, directed around 200 commercials, which doesn't sound humanly possible, but it is. It's so much. Um, So, and then he wrote House and decided to bring it to uh, Toho. And they were just kind of like, okay, we love this script. We'll, We'll make it. But we we can't let you direct it, and because they had this policy where it was like, we'll only let directors that are licensed with us to direct our films. Um, mm-hmm. So what ended up happening was, they're like, we can't let you direct it, but we will let you promote it. So for the next two years, Obayashi decided, okay, I'm just going to go out there and promote my film. Uh, with like business cards, the soundtrack was released before the movie. He novelized the script. Uh, he did. Wow. He did so much, and the buzz for the film was building so much that Toho was immediately just like, "All right, fine, you can direct it." <laughs> right. And so it's, and so, yeah. House was born pretty much, and I think that's such an interesting story. And I won't get uh-huh. I won't get into any more of it because you need to watch. You guys need to watch the um, Cynical Justin video because it is it goes into it much deeper than I just did. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I definitely have to now. That's oh, yeah. really interesting. Um, but yeah, no, this. Uh, 
I mean, House definitely is such a passion project, and you can see it just by watching it. Like, um, I feel like people, when they see the film, they have this, um, they, they kind of say, like, oh, the, uh, the, the, almost like they didn't care about the film because it's so fucked up, if that makes sense. Kind of, They're yeah. just like, I oh, fuck it. Kind of. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the case, but more in a sense of, no, uh, no, I was going to say something, never mind, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I think but I, it's, I get where you're going, though. It's like right. people people think that like because some of the scenes look like so like crazy and like really um, kind. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just yeah, just crazy. Like some of the scenes crazy. look yeah. yeah look very weird, and people think oh you know this this must have been a movie that was like very just kind of swept under the rug and rushed. Which mm-hmm. yeah, that was uh, that was a review I said that on Letterboxd. This one was like, so they basically just said fuck it, huh? Yeah, which if, which is, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but uh, not, it's, it's more than that. It's much more than that. Like, it's more you, of a this is what my film needs to to have. This is what yeah. my, I want my film to be. So this is what my film is gonna be. As I said in one of my Letterboxd reviews of House, because I've done a couple. Because um, I review it every right. time I watch it, but uh, mm-hmm. I uh, I just said like I think this is creative freedom being taken taken to its absolute like the farthest it's ever been, and I think yeah, that's I, saw inc- that one. I think that's incredible, and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. my favorite example of that. So I think I think to say that la- that house is lazy in any way and i don't think people are saying that but to say that is insane because there's so much right there's so much craftsmanship that goes into every single part of this movie i every time i watch it i think about how amazing each shot is like i could go into this movie like right now and pick out a hundred shots that i just love Mm -hmm. it is such a beautiful movie (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's no, it's it's really good. Yeah, it's, it's uh. So one of the one of the the scenes that I think shows like how beautiful this film can be is that's something that because I I wrote a few notes uh for the podcast. So oh, so, to talk so about. did I. I have it on my phone. Yeah, uh, one of the, one of the things that I wrote was uh when they revealed the um, the 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 stepmother at the beginning mm. of the film. They, uh, I wrote the stepmother's reveal is so over the top yet so beautiful because it's like it really feels like it's from a uh, kind of shitty nineties um, girl anime. A little bit, and yeah, I can see where that just, comes you know, from. Just you know this uh, this slow motion scene with the hair blowing in the wind and the the the, 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 re- the light and everything just makes it feel like that. And it's really funny, but it's like the way sh- it's shot is also beautiful. So I, I guess. Um a really good way, I think, to kind of like, I don't know, discuss this movie is just to kind of go, I don't know, step by step, because yes. like I think I there's I, no there's yeah. there's no other way I could personally talk about it. I was I was gonna say like if we don't find some kind of structure, we're we're just gonna go all over the place and we're yeah. not gonna yeah so we, let's, we, we, yeah if so we don't have some kind of structure, we're just gonna talk about everything for eternity because yeah. we're never gonna gonna stop. So let's start let's start like at the beginning. So there's there's seven uh, friends. There's seven like teenage girls in uh, in high school in Japan. Their names are uh, 
Their names are Gorgeous, um, Kung Fu, Sweet, Prof, Mac, um, I'm forgetting a couple. There's Melody and um, uh, Fantasy. That's the seven. Fantasy, yes. So I, I, I apologize if I forgot one, but uh, they basically so. are – they're excited to go on, to, on this trip to – uh, their teacher, uh, Mr. Togo's, um, uh, like his sister's resort. And they're all really excited. Togo comes in and basically says, Hey, we can't go. Uh, and gorgeous is fine with this because she already had a, like a plan to go to, with her dad to, uh, oh, what was, uh, Harizawa. Uh, yes. And so she goes home that night. Uh, and her dad is, was he's a film composer. And yes. He just and got I back. just yeah. Go ahead. Can, can I just? I really like the the movie. Uh, the, the 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 quote he has in the film where he says, uh, uh, "Leone said my music was better than Morricone's," mm-hmm. <laughs> which is this just the craziest, most random like compliment that someone can say. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Yes. I love that. Go yeah. ahead. So yeah, um, she goes home. Sees her dad again, and he basically says, "Yeah, we can still go to Harizawa, but uh, we have a companion." And a woman comes out, and he says, "This is your new mother." Uh, Gorgeous is kind of um, upset by this. Yeah, because uh, uh, her mother had died eight yes, years. Yes, her mother uh, before had that. passed eight years before that. Mm-hmm. Which, just to mention this, because it's in my notes. Uh, yes. The scene where she talks to her father, and there's also a scene where he talks to his uh, his fiance uh, on the balcony later. But they're all framed on this balcony uh, in window panes, with like yellow mm-hmm. light seeping in. It's just, it's just the most beautiful <laughs> looking shot. Yeah, in, like no, the whole movie. Really, really, really pretty. I oh my god, it blows me away every single time, and it's so. Mm-hmm. It's so throwaway, too, because it's, like, it's not even that it's, like, it's not even, like, I'm saying it's useless or anything, but, like, they didn't need to make it that beautiful, but they did, and I think that's incredible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, gotta respect that. I I respect it a lot. I love... Oh, my God. I love that scene so much, but moving on. She goes, uh, after this, she goes into her room and basically starts crossing her dad's face out of all these pictures because she's mad at him. Uh, and yeah. then decides, well, we can't go to the resort anymore. How about I write a letter to my aunt, uh, who lives in uh, a town nearby, and see if we can visit her for the summer? And so she does, uh, and, you know, things th- things happen, and so all the girls are going to the aunt's house. Yes. And, uh... I don't really know what yeah. else I should mention from this uh, moment or from this like part um, in the film. There's, can I? All right, I gotta talk about when you make a film. Mm-hmm. Something that's very important to really uh, get your audience in the film is the first shot. Mm. The first shot is just in this film is just so it's. Uh, so it's gorgeous and fantasy, I yeah. think, who are taking pictures. And there are just these weird-looking pictures of, in, like, in uh, 
bunch of different colors and it's just to start the film with that is just it, it, it really kind of, kind of sets the mood of all right you're gonna watch this films nothing's gonna go the way you think it's gonna go and get ready for that because that's how the film's gonna be and I really like that that's really interesting I hadn't thought mm -hmm. of it that way but yeah it's yeah. like they're taking pictures and this movie uses a lot of like picture in picture so like there will be a shot of something in the background and there will be one in the foreground. Um, it happens quite a bit, but this is probably it's probably my favorite example of it is when they're taking those pictures because there's like the um, there's like the setup where she's in like that witch makeup or whatever, and there's like all the cauldrons around her, and then like she walks out of it and it's just a normal classroom. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> it's really cool. I remember being like, oh, okay. First time I saw that, it was mm -hmm. very, very neat. Mm -hmm. um, also, that uh, there, there's a scene in the beginning that I thought was kind of funny, uh, which is when she writes to her to, to her aunt, and the aunt uh, responds with uh, by saying gorgeous, and even her dad calls her gorgeous, which just makes me think, are there nicknames or is there their actual name? It's like, I think, I think gorgeous. It's, yeah, it's funny. It's it's it toes a very fine line because obviously like everyone calls her gorgeous, uh, but like yeah. in the, in the case of um, characters like Mac, it's stated yeah. it's stated several times that that's not her name. Yeah. And I think yeah, I think that's really like interesting and strange, but I like it. Now um, I like that the film. It's interesting that the film doesn't like uh, doesn't give their actual name, just gives them nicknames. Even the um, the aunt, it, like if you look in the cast, she doesn't have her name. Her name is Aunt Auntie. Yeah, you know? which is how she's referred to throughout the entire movie. Right. so that makes sense. But mm -hmm. yeah, no, I love <laughs> I love that. I think it's I just think it's charming. I, this movie, this whole movie yeah. is just charming from <laughs> yeah. from start to finish. Which, yeah. um, I guess, uh, carrying on through the plot, um, they're at the, they go to the train station, they go to the town, which, there's something I felt I should you, notice. Hold on, I'm, uh, well, I, I, hold on, uh, maybe that was uh, what you were going for, so go ahead. Okay, I felt that I should, um, I felt I should mention this, because I think it's really interesting, I think it's a very funny choice, uh, if you look like closely uh the band that made the soundtrack makes a cameo in the train sequence oh so i didn't at, know that yeah watch that scene again at the train station you'll notice like five dudes that have gotaigo shirts and they hmm. they walk with them to like the terminal and they like wave by to them it's really funny <laughs> but uh um, oh yeah all right i think uh, i think i know what uh the I, I think I know what you're talking about. I think I saw that. Yeah, I just I remember the first time I saw it, I thought it was just some dudes creeping on the girls or whatever. But I'm right. like, that's that, I'm like that. They made the soundtrack. <laughs> on yeah. like my second um, third, I thought it was so cool. There's something that I wanted to mention, which is um, before they get to the to the town, which is when they're in the the train, they show a flashback to kind of like the 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 history between uh, Gorgeous's. Uh, mother and her aunt. I, for, I forgot kind of to add that in yeah. my notes. Uh, by sh showing all kind of like footage of of them in black and white and all, and it's it's shown as if they were 
look seeing the flashback and as if they mm-hmm. were uh looking at a video even though it's clearly just uh gorgeous explaining it yeah it's like uh, a, it's, they're it, doing they're doing it like live commentary it's really funny yeah <laughs> it's like seven girls react to yeah <laughs> uh no i saw that and i thought that was a super in- interesting way to um to, to kind of explain it and that this is also another thing that i really noticed in this scene is just how the, the the bond that the uh all seven of the actress uh show is just so realistic you really feel like they're friends yeah i was gonna mention this um mm-hmm. actually i think i might save it for later because it might be good okay th- i think it might be good to throw it into the section where everything kind of goes down because i think it's yeah it's a really interesting dynamic I noticed there near the end of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. But moving on, I guess uh, they get to um, they get to the town. They meet a guy who is only credited in the movie as Watermelon Man. Uh, I mean, he sells watermelons. That's a that's a that's a great name. Which it's probably the best. Um, it's I would probably say it's the best casting anyone's ever gotten. Like only, <laughs> only, only rivaled to that of the guy in Pulp Fiction who says that he's a coffee shop, and so in the credits they named him yeah. Coffee Shop, which I think is great. But or, or or the guy in I don't know if you've seen Avatar: The Last Airbender, but the guy who sells cabbages. Oh my cabbages! Yeah, I know <laughs> my <about>. cabbages. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that um. I, I always loved, mm. like, stupid stuff like that. I think it's really fun. It's really funny, yeah. But, um, so yeah, they get to the town, they meet the watermelon man, and he points to the house, and that's where the, you know, the movie gets its iconic, like, Haosu, uh, yes. v- voice clip is from that guy, which I, I yeah. love every time I watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I only noticed it the second time I saw it. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, that, that's, that's the clip. That's the clip. There it is. We got it. Boys, we got it. Boys, we got it. Yeah, they get to the house mm-hmm. and they meet uh, her aunt, and that's when I don't know stuff starts um, happening. Yeah, that's like um, th- that's like the end of the first act, the beginning of the second yeah. act. Um, and so you know, for, uh, w- w- from the moment they get there, you me- immediately get a, a sense of there's definitely something wrong with her things really start to go wrong when um mac the girl who eats a lot that's basically her entire character yeah uh she had bought a, a watermelon from or, or actually stole a watermelon from watermelon guy and so they she went to a well to put it in and uh re- refrigerate it and basically they they end up cooking dinner and everything but she still hasn't come back from from the from the well and strangely enough, no, no one thinks of looking for her, even though it's weird that the girl who keeps eating all the time is not here for dinner. Yeah, they think and, they, uh, they they yeah. have a moment of like they. What happens is like they're they're just kind of like hanging out, doing each other's hair, and uh, fantasy stands up and goes, hey, "Where's Mac?" And yeah. they're like, "I don't know. Go check out by the well. That was where she last was." So fantasy mm-hmm. goes to check, and uh, and doesn't see Max. So she tries to pull out the watermelon from the well, and instead pulls out uh, Max's severed head. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> which begins talking to her. It bites her in the ass, and then it flies and flies back yeah. into the well, and she runs away. <laughs> yep. And so you know, it's uh, it's funny this fantasy because the reason why she's called fantasy is because she kind of like imagines things. I think that's mm. her thing. And uh, so, but, uh, obviously, she comes back. And uh, she she explains the the situation to her friends, and they're all like, "Oh, fantasy! That didn't really happen. That was just in your head." Yeah, and then and, they go uh, they go back to check. There's you know the watermelon's still there. And then there's this really mm-hmm. there's this really funny scene where yeah uh, where they're you know they're eating the watermelon, and the ant looks at fantasy and like opens her mouth a little bit, and there's like an eyeball looking at her. <laughs> mm-hmm. I yeah. love that shot so much. No, that's that's really funny. Um, and then from that from that point is the the classic thing in horror films where uh, slowly everyone kind of starts to to die. Mm-hmm. Basically, like next, um, what happens mm-hmm. next is like um, Sweet begins to like kind of sweep up the house, um, and she asks Gorgeous like where's the bedding and stuff. So she goes, she goes like to the shed. And then gets attacked by mattresses and disappears. Yeah. Um, and that one, and I believe the next person, I don't remember who who goes next. Mm. It's oh man, I, I think uh, forgot who it is. Is it is it Melody who goes next? No, is it? It might Hold be. On. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, yes. It's, but something happens before that. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. We, so. We, before this happens, we uh, before, well, after the thing with uh, Sweet, we kind of see that Gorgeous is, she's not one of the girls who's gonna die. She's more on the side of her her aunt. She's she ca- goes. I don't yeah. know. She's almost being possessed. That's almost. Uh, or maybe she was already like that before. It's, Who knows? No. See, I was gonna bring that up later, but I guess it's a good time to bring it up now. So. Um, after Sweet disappears, Gorgeous goes up into presumably her aunt's room, uh, puts on her mom's old dress, and in the mirror starts to burst into flames. And that's not yeah. the last time we see her, but it's it's one of the last times we see like the Gorgeous that we knew. Yeah. So oh, I didn't even yeah no, I think I wasn't uh, really looking at the screen when that happened, so I forgot that was uh, happening. Oh yeah, so. Here's the interesting thing I was going to bring up, and it was something I only noticed during this third watching of the movie. Um, mm. I think it's very obvious from the beginning. Like once you know who Gorgeous is and like what she becomes, um, I think you can really like kind of gauge like, okay, Gorgeous is not like the others because yeah. everyone else is very like one track minded they have one like one characteristic about each of them that they stick to throughout the entire movie but for some reason gorgeous is almost like multi-layered throughout a lot of moments like there's the moment where she very callously crosses out her father's face in all of the pictures um Mm -hmm. which is like a, a pretty evil thing to do almost yeah. So she does that, and then when the girls are all like excited about going on the trip, she's just kind of blank faced. Yeah. There's and I True. I really do think it's a really interesting thing to say like 
that her aunt's been a part of her because I didn't mention this when I was describing my uh, when I was summarizing the first act, but as she's writing the letter to her aunt in the beginning, uh, her aunt's cat uh, cat uh, Blanche comes through the window, mm-hmm. and yep. she immediately knows what the cat's name is. She like basically takes the cat with her everywhere she goes. Yep. So, and once they get to you know the town, the cat immediately reunites with the aunt. That part yeah. is so interesting to me, and I didn't even think about it the first time I watched it. Yeah, and I think uh, the the first time once they get to the house, the first uh, the first time that something weird is, uh, weird happens is related to the cat. I think because mm-hmm. the cat definitely has some kind of magic powers or some some shit like that. Oh, for sure. No, the there's oh, there, it's that's. There, that's the visual way you can tell when uh, something yeah. is about to be messed with is the cat's eyes will flash and it'll have like a ding kind of sound. It first yeah. it first happens when um go- when not gorgeous when fantasy's camera is shattered. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there they say something about that in the film. I forgot what the exact things uh, is. But they say something like, uh, "Oh, a normal cat is yeah. blah blah blah." No, the 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 quote is, "Um, yeah. only a, a normal, any old normal cat can open a door. It's a witch yes. cat that can close the door." Yeah, and that's brought up later when Sweet is in the shed and the cat comes in and opens the door and she's like, "Oh, hey!" And then the cat shuts the door. <laughs> yeah, and it's. You know the, the that happened with the reminder of the of the quote, and that is like one of the one of the few scenes in the the film that really like kind of gave me goosebumps of like oh shit yeah. So no, that was a great scene. Yeah, um, that, that one's that. Yeah, I love. I'm just, I'm gonna say this a lot. I love that scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, then if we if we. Uh, continue with the story. We can go to uh, another scene that I really like, which is with Melody. Oh uh, my goodness! Because she's she's the next uh, next one to go, and I think she has the most. I don't know if uh, glorious is the the if, best word. The best, yeah, and uh, best sort of ending with quotation marks. Yeah. It's not the best for her. If it's but it, in, if it weren't for a scene that comes later on, this would be my favorite scene. I'm pretty sure I know what scene you're talking about, but yeah. Fantasy uh, fantasy playing the piano and the, the piano keys start to light up and she starts not to like, only she playing the not only is she playing the piano, she's playing the main theme. She's playing yeah. is really nice. And then like, you know, the piano's keys start to light up. It chops off her fingers. Which is like a yeah. really it's it might actually be like the most terrifying part of the movie. Cause she oh, kinda like definitely. she kinda she looks at her fingers and like just looks horrified. Yeah. And then I feel like yeah yeah go ahead. I feel I feel like in terms of horror, this film tends to be a bit too goofy. A little bit, yeah. It um, sticks to the goofy side for sure. This yeah, uh, but this scene is, in my opinion, the the scene where it's the most generally like scary. Yeah, I think so as well. Because there's like just it gets it like it ramps up. She gets eaten by the piano, and then like once it all settles down. Uh, it just shows like the severed fingers playing the main theme on the piano. And that's so that, cool. That seems fucked up. It's so cool. I, I love it though. Oh, it's it's such a great scene though. I yeah. love it. 
Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> it's there's something so I don't know, like uh, almost cartoony, cartoony, but like kind of goofy, I guess, of just the shot of her being eaten by the the piano. Oh yeah, it's very like it has it's it's kind of like almost like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Like you see her legs like waving yeah. as she's being eaten, and then like it shows like her body parts floating around in some weird space. Yeah. Um, which I don't, you know I don't, what that, yeah. yeah, what's up? Um, yeah, you know, uh, you know what that scene reminds me of? What's that? Have you ever played Mario 64? Yes. There's, uh, you know, the, the, like, Haunted Mansion where, where there's, there's, um, in the mansion there's a room with only a piano and then you get closer to it and it's just oh, a yeah. piano that <laughs> yeah. starts trying to eat you. But that dr- really reminds dr- me of, dr- uh, of this scene. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that does kind of yeah. give off the same vibe. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they were inspired by the by house. Maybe, maybe. I, mm. um, but there's, so, after that, like it's re- it really is like back to back because like fantasy and melody are in the piano room when melody gets eaten, but uh, kung fu and uh, prof are in the are in um, the ants room presumably, uh, mm-hmm. and they find pretty like kind of like a hollowed gorgeous like she's really kind of she's yep. just kind of going through the motions and she doesn't really have a personality anymore, um, mm-hmm. but they look to their right and they see sweet in this like demonic glowing clock and she just yeah. explodes with blood it is maybe yeah. my favorite visual in the entire movie it is so yeah, no. weird and scary it's like oh <laughs> that 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 leads to uh one of the scene that kind of impressed me the most which is how in this explosion of blood the the entire house gets like flooded by blood yeah and it's i don't know it's it's so visually kind of striking to have this uh, such a a crazy amount of blood in in a scene you know that they it's it's a it's a pool of blood yeah well it's like it's a rising pool too so what what happens Mm -hmm. is like after they see like the sweet clock thing they all run downstairs and gorgeous goes i'm gonna go look for help and she leaves alone um yeah and then the other girls go into the main room where Kung Fu is eaten by a lamp, <laughs> but her leg, <laughs> her leg prevails and kicks yeah. the portrait of the cat. And like, because it, breaks, it does. And then, and then blood starts spurting out of it and the room starts to fill up and it's left mm-hmm. and it's left with a uh, prof and, um, and uh, fantasy on like a little like uh, board prof falls off and is like swallowed by the blood pool but fantasy manages to float away which uh at that point she is met with gorgeous standing at the top of the stairs in like a very um like traditional japanese like uh gown yep uh and then you know fantasy floats over to gorgeous and then I believe that's where the scene ends. I don't quite remember if they show fantasy being killed, but that's you know. Um. Do yeah, they? I think it's more. Imp- uh, yeah. I think it's more implied than shown. Yeah. So yeah, that that's where it's kind of ended right there. There's this okay. Right. There's this really mm-hmm. interesting thing that I. It's like the one th- one of the only things in the movie that like I. 
as much as I think about it, I can't think of like a clear reason as to why that line's there. Uh, or I guess I uh-huh. could if I really thought about it, but like, there's while Gordis is you know holding fantasy to her chest, fantasy says like uh, I, I believe she just says like like mom, and then it immediately just kind of cuts away. It's probably like a more like she's being comforted comforted yeah. by uh, Gorgeous, so there's kind of like a, yeah. a mom thing going on there. But at the end of the day, it was still a really strange moment that had me going like, "This is, I don't, I don't understand what's happening here." <laughs> yeah, well, when I when I saw the film, that was my my theory of you know she is just like it, it the the way they're doing it is almost it almost looks like. You know, just uh, a mother comforting her daughter. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that's kind of what they went with. Oh, for sure. I can I can definitely yeah. see how that would be the thing. Um, so yeah, that ends their teacher who got delayed uh, by getting stuck in a bucket uh, in the beginning of the movie, which I think is really funny. Yep. Decides to take his buggy throughout like the city, going to the village, and he only arrives in the night like right after all this has happened and he meets the watermelon man who asks him if he likes watermelons he says no but he does like bananas and so the watermelon man turns him to bananas and then he disappears yep (laughs) which is it is it's it's the moment of the movie that is probably my favorite comedically because like yes. the the scene the scene of him saying banana gets replayed like five times. He's going banana 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 banana, and then it just cuts back to the regular yeah. stuff. I'm like, oh. so that's the end of like right. that's kind of the end of Act Two, I would say. And then we get into like the last fifteen minutes, which is kind of just the quicker conclusion. Which I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's probably how it's supposed to be cut up into. How you would say the movie? Kind of. I don't know. It's kind of tough to, to divide a film yeah. into three acts because sometimes they're not really yeah. thought <laughs> that way. Especially House. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so then... It's... Yeah. So mm-hmm. Finally. Yeah. The, the last scene. Yes. Is... I think it's... I, I don't know. I feel like when I saw the, the scene, there was so much stuff in it that I um, that I found beautiful that I almost was like almost tearing up I don't know the, just the the mix of like the music and everything and just mm. the, the dialogues and all I was like oh it's so pretty it's like so okay what happens is um, yeah. Gorgeous's mom or not Gorgeous's mom Gorgeous's uh, soon to be stepmom decides to drive out to the countryside to talk to Gorgeous a bit and kind of mend their relationship that didn't exactly get off to the right foot. So she goes to the countryside to the aunt's house and sees, you know, the, you know, Mr. Togo made of bananas. Uh, and she goes to uh, the house and there's no one out there but, uh, but Gorgeous when she opens up um, the screen that leads to the outdoors. And they have this moment where they sit together and the stepmom is basically like telling Gorgeous, you know, how much she appreciates to be in the family. Gorgeous just kind of nods and then uh, the stepmom's face bursts into flames. Yeah. And we're kind of met with the end of the movie at that point. 
Mm-hmm. But that is my favorite scene in the movie. Yes, me the, too. The mix with the visuals, the yeah, like the shots, the the music, the acting, just everything about that entire scene is so good. And I can't stress enough that I would not be able to do any of this justice by just describing it. You <laughs> Oh, definitely. If you've gotten this far into the podcast, you do really without watching the movie, you really do need to see it because I think it's extraordinary. <laughs> Yeah. In every sense of the word. Oh, definitely. It's so good. Um, yeah, so I guess now now that we've talked about, you know, um, the movie from beginning to end, I mm-hmm. think we can maybe talk more about, like, kind of a bit of a few more random things we, that we liked about the film. Oh, for sure, yeah. We, let's, let's just get um, into, like, some crazy so, stuff that we saw. Yes. I have to talk about my personal uh, favorite character of the entire film, which is Kung Fu. I love Kung Fu. Dude, it's any scene. You can have any scene, any kind of vibe that's going on with some more scary scene or a more kind of like uh, sad scene, whatever. And then everything just stops. And then the Kung Fu music starts, and then she just starts doing some crazy Kung Fu shit, <laughs> just breaking stuff, and it's, there's no transition whatsoever. It's so good. Like, she'll, like, they'll oh, be, man. they'll be talking or whatever, and it's, like, a very tense scene, and then, like, stuff will start to fly out, and then it's just, and she goes up and kicks it everywhere. Oh, my yeah, God, it's so oh cool. Oh, my God. She's so good. I it's love her. It's so fun. Ugh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So, all right. Let, let me look at my notes. What what else do I want to talk about? Yeah, I kind I I got through all of the stuff that I wanted to mention. I think in my in in while we were you know summarizing the movie, because mainly I just wanted to focus on like a specific right. four scenes that really are impactful every time I watch it. One, uh, I, the the only note that I that I wrote that we haven't mentioned is just a really random thing that I wrote, which is there's a, a, a point in the um, at some point in, in the film, there's a song that starts and then the cat makes like uh, kind of like you know a cat sound, yeah, and then they use this sound in the soundtrack as like t- to do the melody. And I thought that was so funny. No, there's so much like background stuff that's um. Like not meant that's it's, like not yeah. brought up. There's okay. I didn't mention this while we were summarizing it, but it 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 is one of my favorite shots in the entire movie. There's uh, or I guess sequences. So, right. The camera is like up in the rafters, and Fantasy is carrying like plates to another part of the kitchen, and the ant walks in, and uh, just goes into the fridge. Fantasy freaks out, drops the plate, drops the plates, like breaks them all. And while, like, uh, one of the other girls comes in, it's like, why'd you drop the plates? And she's trying to say, like, she went into the fridge, and the ant crawls up from the other side of the rafters and goes, like, shh, and then walks away. It's so weird. Oh, yeah, and there's also the scene where she basically starts flying and dancing. Yeah, she's, like, flying around. She's dancing with the skeleton. The skeleton, by yes. the way. I don't know why it's uh-huh. in the movie so much, but I love it. <laughs> there's there's even even the scene yeah. where where um Melody's playing the main theme alone. If you look in the background, the skeleton's just kind of moving around with the music. Yeah. It's so weird, but it's, I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. It's House is not a film that you can watch one time and then be like, "Yep, 
I'm fine with it. I don't have to see it again. Yes. You can. You have to see it a few times. Like uh, I saw it uh, for the the podcast. It was like two or three days ago, and when I finished you know, the the film, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to see it a few other times to properly like." see everything there is to see oh for sure like i only i only realized all the stuff about gorgeous and her connections to the ant like this past time watching the movie yeah i only yeah uh but the first time i i saw the film i didn't really make the connection that like the um, the cat came from the the ant i thought that it was gorgeous's cat <laughs> Who somehow had some kind of connection with the uh, with the ant? I guess it could be think of. Th- ugh. I guess it can be thought of both ways, um, but I right. I always definitely thought of it. It's like okay, that's her aunt's cat, and for some reason it came to seek her out, and she just knows about it. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. it's so everything about it's so strange. Right. But yeah, yeah. that's. That's House. That's everything I really had to mention. I think this movie is incredible. It's probably mm. one of the best I've seen in like the last year or so. Um, and I would definitely, uh, yeah. I definitely recommend everybody to watch it if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes. Uh, same thing for me. If if anyone watching saw the our episode zero of the podcast where we showed our top 10 favorite films you'll know that i put house at um at number 10 and you know that that's a pretty big thing considering that it's a film that i saw for the first time back in february of this year and you know a year ago i'd never heard even heard of it um but you know obviously thanks to the criterion collection which just in in the last year just made me discover so many films that 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 i now love oh me too is that probably might have been my favorite discovery from the criterion channel Mm -hmm. uh, or just the criterion collection and uh i'm very glad that that i discovered this film that i got to 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 see it because it's a film that i feel like a lot of people are never going to you know, if, if someone isn't really that much into um, kind of like those kinds of movies that are shown the in the Criterion Collection, they they wouldn't hear about um, about this film because it's mm-hmm. very niche. You know. Yeah. Um, I, that's like another point I wanted to bring up. I guess is uh, this yeah. movie is not going to be for everyone. Uh, no. I like. I am one of those people with media where I think, hey. The more experimental and like if it's good, like the more exp- if it's good and experimental, I don't care how far you go. I love to oh, see. Man. I love to see when someone takes something to the most experimental it can be, if it's good. Same. Um, yeah. And House is like a perfect representation of that. It was even so experimental where to where I was very like almost put off by it, but I had to like force myself into it. Like, okay, I want to love this movie. And I ended right. up loving it even more every time I saw it. 
Yeah. No, to me, it's like, in terms of movies, it's uh, the weirder, the better. Oh, yeah. Uh, or just in terms of media in general. Like, that's really that's another thing that I discovered, um, especially especially since the beginning of the, of the pandemic. It's... Mm-hmm. I discovered just a bunch of not only... Um, not only movies, but also like uh, TV shows and even uh, books. There's a book that I read, uh, this Canadian-French book that might ju- just do a bit of tangent on it because I want to talk about it, and this might be my only uh, <laughs> moment to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Um, yeah, it's this Canadian-French novel that that is called Alice, which is written by a, an author named uh, Patrick Sinecat, who's this very pretty famous author here. Uh, who makes? Who's known for for making some very weird and kind of fucked up books? And this one is named Alice, based on Alice in Wonderland, which is basically a, um, you know, he wrote his version of Alice in Wonderland, and uh, basically it's set in Montreal, uh, and it's, you know, it. I, I'm talking about it, but it's not a, a book that you're ever g- gonna be able to read because it's never been translated and it's never gonna be translated because. Uh, if you you've never been to Montreal, you're not gonna understand basically anything that they say. <laughs> is it? Is it's it in, so like? Is it in it's French? So, yes, it is in French, okay. but it's also so referential. Mm. It's like that. A, it's like a very region specific like di- yes, dialect very. of like like phrases, words, places. Well, yeah, I mean, just in general, like the Canadian French accent. What I like to say is is. The Canadian French accent is to French what the Scottish accent is to English. Like, it's that much. Really? And so, yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, it's not the same thing as in France, definitely. But, you know, you know uh, yeah, so uh, as I said, it's uh, very kind of ref- referential. But what's fucked up about, the, about this... Uh, um, this adaptation of Alice in Wonderland is that it's Alice in Wonderland if it was in Montreal and if it was much more 18 plus I'd say mm-hmm. it's not it's not porn definitely but uh, it's just it's just it's, it's very like explicit. it's very it is it is very fucked up that is something that is uh, f- fucked up <laughs> there's scenes of you know, it's it's definitely not a book that's for everyone. There's a lot of people that can be very like shocked by it, and that you know, especially if you've got some kind of I don't know trauma or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, y- you know, there's uh, a scene where she, she uh, it's kind of the the scene with the um, what, what what's uh, the character with the hat? Mad Hatter. Yeah, the, the the scene where they go to have, have tea. It's that scene, but much more fucked up when instead of just having tea, they dissect a random dude while he's, um, you know, while he's, while he's awakened. And he's just suffering and screaming and everything while they're just dissecting it, trying to see if there's a soul inside of him. Oh. Yeah, so it's weird. Uh, but anyway, it's a really good book. And if you... If, you live in Montreal and speak French. Uh, read it because it's good. So yeah, that was the portion of the podcast I was uh, uh, talking to zero point one percent of the <laughs> of the people watching. I think it's interesting to hear about though. No, I would say like yeah, like over um, over like you know the pandemic, I like kind of dug deeper and discovered like a lot of things, but kind of mainly like. I dug much deeper into like foreign media 
mm-hmm. I dug much deeper into Criterion. Obviously, that was when I I ordered my first Criterion uh, around my eighteenth yeah. around my eighteenth birthday, which was during uh, quarantine. So I ordered uh, Life Aquatic. And mm. I just kind of ordered it because I knew it was like Blu-ray, and I didn't have a Blu-ray of Life Aquatic. I didn't have a Blu-ray of any Wes Anderson movie, actually. So I just mm. I ordered it, and I was just like, okay, I love this movie. And then it came. I'm like, this is an interesting case. What's the Criterion Collection? <laughs> and then <laughs> I was brought down a rabbit hole that I will never escape from. Yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah. No. But so... Yeah, I I discovered those, and I also that was around the time I discovered uh, B stars, which <sighs> is Fuck yeah. which is another thing I was going to mention uh, during this podcast mm-hmm. is that um, very recently, as to when we're recording this podcast, yes. uh, season two was released on Netflix of B stars. Yes, have you Fuck yeah. have you watched it, Phil? All right. Uh, I only saw two episodes. Ooh, okay, okay. I, I watched the whole thing. So like, I'm sorry, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk. You, you saw the whole thing. I saw the whole thing in like two days. Because <laughs> like oh, I watched. No, what I did was I, I did the same thing when I watched season one. Uh, but mm. like I had a moment. I because I watched like two episodes before I went to work. And then when I got home, I was just like I looked over at my TV and I just went, I can't stop. So so I just watched the whole thing. <laughs> Now, I, I, season two is going to do the same thing that happened to me when I saw the first season, which is I'm going to watch a few episodes here and there, and then I'm going to watch one episode, and I'll, I'll be like, yep, yeah, I'm in. I can't stop. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, then I'll just binge watch the, the whole thing. Eventually, and we'll, so probably, just, yeah. we'll probably do this, I'm assuming, like whenever, whenever you finish the show. Um, mm-hmm. I want to do uh, like a discussion of Beastars. Cause like, well, should we do a should we do an episode about it? I mm, I don't know. See, that's the thing that's interesting is that it's not technically a movie, but we don't also always have to. Right, but we, don't, we don't always have to talk about movies. I guess. I uh, mean, to to some extent, like TV shows are very similar to movies. They're yeah. just longer. No, so next time, um, I don't know. We could honestly have like a we could we could we could have an episode where we just discuss seasons one and two of B Stars. Yeah, kind of like having a not a bonus episode, but you know, kind of like an off-topic thing. Yeah, because I I watched both of them uh, very recently in preparation, or I, not in preparation <laughs> for anything, but I watched season one while I was on right. vacation for season two. Oh yeah, all right. You, you prepare for season two? Yes, yeah. I, yeah. But mm-hmm. um, I'm very excited to talk about it uh, with you whenever you do finish it. Yeah, I'm gonna try to finish it this week yeah so yeah we'll definitely have to talk about that soon and i was also mm-hmm. i was also going to bring this up i mentioned last time i believe that i yeah. wanted to i wanted to override my vote or like my randomizer right yeah and say that i was going to do silent voice i made a decision this week that i'm not going to do that that okay. i'm going to save silent voice for another time because uh I, during the week, I discovered, uh, because I've I've had my eye on the Silent Voice manga for a a little bit, just kind of like looking looking here and there, and this Mm -hmm. week I was at work, and I just, I was on break, and I noticed that it was like 50 bucks on Amazon for all seven volumes, so I I bit the bullet and I bought the whole thing, (laughs) so I was, I was thinking that I wanted to, I don't know, maybe do that episode when I've read the entire uh manga so that i could have 
I don't know, things to add with that kind of thing. Um, that would be very interesting, a uh, very interesting thing to add to the conversation, yeah. So yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. So, um, mm-hmm. sorry to people who were maybe looking forward to Silent Voice soon. You'll get it eventually. <laughs> but you'll get some yeah. you'll get some interesting Probably, topics yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I I don't expect to take along with it because I'm gonna read it as soon as it gets here, and it's gonna get here on the thirtieth uh, as we're recording. All right. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, because so, that's yeah. So I just wanted to. I'm not bring that, that much up, into yeah. like. Uh, I'm not that much into like reading manga. I prefer to watch anime, so I'm not really that interested in reading the manga. Oh, I get it. So yeah, I, yeah this. In the uh, the episode, you're probably going to be the one to to be like, um, well, actually, in the book, <laughs> no, I completely will. <laughs> no, see, that's the entire yeah. point of me reading the manga. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, see, so, yeah, I, mean, I might as well. Yeah, so I really want to do that because Silent Voice is going to be a really exciting episode for me because it's one of my current favorite movies to like discuss because it mm-hmm. means a lot to me. So I'm yeah. I'm very excited to talk about Silent Voice, um, but another thing yeah. I wanted, oh yeah, so yeah, you said that you're not much of a manga reader, and I can't really say that yeah. like, I don't know, I like manga, but I really only mm-hmm. I only I really only read like series when I watched the anime and went, I can't get enough of this. So uh, right, I am currently I I put JoJo on hold because I think I got to okay because I read like parts one through four, which is like something like 200 chapters in like yeah. in like a month <laughs> so mm-hmm. i was kind of burnt out on it and this was before covid so i got burnt out on a lot of things so i just i stopped reading uh part five around that time i'll get back to it for any of you jojo readers out there I will, i'll get back to it eventually um but i'm also currently wanting to start reading uh kaguya love is war and uh beast stars <gasps> because that, yeah my, the anime the anime for uh Kaguya is great oh it's so good yeah love is war love is war and b stars are probably my favorite ongoing anime uh, other than jojo obviously but yeah can i sorry can i can i just interrupt here for a second of course this is our this is our second episode this is the second time we've had an anime tangent this okay this will not end though and not 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 only that it's we've talked about the same show. <laughs> we've, talk, we've talked about B stars. We've talked about uh, Sound Voice. We've talked about Kaguya-sama. Yeah, this is not. <laughs> this is really. This is really funny to me. It, no, it's really funny, but it's also not going to stop, and I can already tell because <laughs> like it's things that it's things that both of us really like. And yeah, uh, I mean, but no, yeah. So like, I think yeah. No, eventually. Eventually, I do want to do like an off-topic B Stars episode, maybe, because that would be fun. I'd love that. Um, but yeah, uh... <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to me- uh, wanted to mention the yeah, whole sure. Silent Voice thing before we formally picked the mm-hmm. next movie. Yes. Um, so next, I I think we can go in another tangent for something sure uh, that I'd like to to talk about, uh, which is something that had that happened to me yesterday and that i, I had the, the the luck to to go to a movie theater downtown Ooh, to watch i saw this on, uh, i saw this film. on your letterbox i'm so excited yes uh to, to watch the film uh pink floyd the wall <gasps> which is you know so to explain there's this uh kind of art house theater downtown in montreal this is called the the uh, uh cinematheque which is um 
basically this pretty old theater that's like over 50 years old that just shows a bunch of very you know it's it's a theater for cinephiles mm-hmm. that's how i describe it and they this summer they have a um all, all their movies are that they show are related to music Ooh. uh that's kind of like, that's kind of like the summer event and so they there are quite a few films that I wanted to see. I wanted to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I adore. That's great. Wanted to see um, a film named All That Jazz, which I don't really know a lot about. I just heard so many people say good things about it. So have I. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a few other films. But all the films when I when I tried to buy tickets, pretty much all the films were sold out. Yeah. Because especially with COVID, like uh, I think they only had ten tickets to sell per. Uh, uh, per film because you know the the th- the the theaters uh the actual theaters aren't really that big and mm-hmm. uh, you know there's there's got to be some kind of social distancing so they can they can only sell so so many uh tickets right but i i got lucky because the one film that i wanted to see the most was uh the also the only film that i wanted to see that had one ticket available which was pink floyd the wall yes. i got so lucky on that one and so that was a film that I'd heard of a few years prior. Um, don't remember who, but someone who told me that how like this film is a very interesting film, and that I had to see it. But also that that if I could, it would be a great film, uh, since it's kind of like experimental that kind of stuff. Those films tend to be really good film to films to watch in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I saw that, I, I thought, yes, I will definitely see that film theaters are you and, are you uh, were, were you very familiar with uh pink floyd's the ball before seeing well the that's movie? kind of that's kind of an uh, interesting uh thing so i like rock obviously I, I love rock from the 70s and i really liked uh dark side of the moon but i'd never listened to the entire uh the wall album and i wasn't really that familiar with pink floyd in general mm-hmm. like uh you know in general pretty much in terms of like uh, 1970s, 1980s rock. The only band that I really know is Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other bands is more like, oh, I knew a few. Uh, I know a few songs, but that's it. So, yeah, I thought um, before I'm gonna watch the film, I'm gonna listen to the entire album, and then I ended up not doing that because I don't know. No, no I get it. And, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it really. Uh, at, at the end of the day, I don't think it really mattered. My experience was still really, really good. And but I'd still recommend, though, if, if anyone's uh, interested in watching the film, uh, I still recommend that you um, listen to the album mm. before seeing it, because it's basically the film basically uses the music of the album instead of using dialogues. Like the story is told through the lyrics and the music yeah, there's there's very little if any dialogue in the movie that isn't music yeah yeah which i think is really cool mm-hmm. but oh, i, I was it. i was going to mention i think your perspective on it at least seeing it without the without the album in mind is really interesting because mm-hmm. i had a kind of an opposite experience with the wall because i also got into the wall this year um yeah i saw your review yeah because uh it, earlier this year um Actually, I guess it would have been... So, okay. Years ago, I listened to Dark Side of the Moon and uh, Wish You Were Here, which are two very good Pink Floyd albums. Just great albums in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had not listened to The Wall, which uh, was, much to the, was much to the upset of my, uh, of my very good friend Luke, 
Uh, so for years after that, he was like, listen to the wall, listen to the wall. And I was like, I'll get to it. But I never did. So on Christmas this mm-hmm. past year, uh, he knows I have a record player. So for Christmas, mm-hmm. he showed up to – we had a party, and he just like – as we are giving out gifts, he thunked it in front of me. It was the 2LP of The Wall. And he was like, uh-huh. and he was like, now you have no excuse. Go home and listen. <laughs> He's like, go home and listen to it. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go. And I should have listened. Yeah. I should have listened to him before, because the wall is incredible. Um, no, but I had yeah, uh... so yeah. I got into it, and that same week where I first listened to it, I was like, okay, I can't. I was like, I need to see the movie, but it wasn't on any, mm-hmm. it wasn't on any streaming services. Uh, so. I didn't want to go to Amazon for it, so I decided to drive out to my uh, local record store because they sell DVDs, and I was just hoping on the off chance that they would have The Wall, which they did. So I bought it, and I watched it that night. And, uh, I mean, much like you, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. It's, the, it's it's a very uh, interesting thing to, to watch, and I definitely recommend it to anyone who's a fan of Pink Floyd mm. uh, but I think most of most of them have probably already seen the film oh yeah um, I actually would recommend that like eventually we do an entire episode on the wall we definitely should because I think it's yeah. a very interesting film and album to discuss which yeah. we could we could obviously do the trifecta and discuss the film album and live show but the problem is uh, is mm. that because uh, the live show was built around uh, was built was you know was built at the same time as the album and the movie was written, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, the only issue with that is that the only version of the live show that anybody has anymore is a very low quality uh, camcorder video <laughs> from mm. from the Wall tour, so okay. it's not exactly top tier. So I would recommend we just talk about the the movie and the album. <laughs> oh, we can we can definitely do that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, that was a really interesting film to watch. Um, and I, it was one. Uh, once a film ended, that was one of the strangest and most interesting vibe I've ever had in a movie theater where it was like super silent. And it was was almost as if nobody really dared to say something, which I'm not entirely sure why. But there was like a, a couple that were talking to um, to each other about something, and they were whispering. And it was like you don't have to whisper, mm-hmm. but it's just with the vibe. It just I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it, it, it's just a very it's a very strange ending, and it, like it's not it very like it, it imposes on you like just a really weird feeling. I. In, in, in a lot of um, bless you in a lot of, the, of different parts of the film it's it's kind of a hard film to watch like mm-hmm. there's some parts that are pretty tough like especially any any scene related to um, the war because mm. uh, there's a lot of stuff about it, uh, World War two and you know there's the not to go, to go too deep into the film but there's this scene where the kid uh, walks into like the the, 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 the battlefield after mm. the war and just sees this like tiny mountain of corpse yeah that one's that one's a and very crazy scene no that's yeah uh, that that was one of the scenes that I saw and I was like oh shit what will always get me is the comfortably numb sequence but 
we can save that for the episode. Uh, yeah, I don't really know the song name, so I'm oh, not sure it's what that that's um, scene that's is. the scene where he's in the uh, the hotel room and like the the management <sighs> yes. team like rushes right. in. That scene, that scene, gave me goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, that's an incredible scene. That song is comfortably numb uh, that they uh-huh. played in it, which is that's like the the song that most people know <laughs> from the wall. Mm-hmm. So that's like. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of like how like "Wish You Were Here" is the most popular song of "Wish You Were Here," obviously, and it's like uh, right. kind of like how "Money" is kind of like the one that everybody remembers from "Dark Side of the Moon." Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only uh, the only song I knew from the wall was uh, "Another Brick in the Wall." That's yeah, that's the other one. That one's pretty popular, right? Because I had um, when I was in high school, we had man- mandatory. Uh, music uh, classes where we each played an instrument mm-hmm. and you know it was like band, band class and we uh, we played this song it was like uh, y- you know it was very shitty like a bunch of kids who didn't want to play music but that had to playing this uh, amazing song mm-hmm. uh, but yeah that was my first memory <laughs> of the song yeah I definitely, yeah, I definitely know what you're talking about. I had, uh-huh. I had mandatory uh, music classes until I was in middle school, I believe, because it, uh-huh. it was like, okay, once you're once you're out of elementary school, you can choose to go into band class, which I did, which I'm glad, mm-hmm. which I'm glad I did, because I know how to do music now, which is fun. Yeah, but I'm out, I'm out of practice because I've been out of the high school for a year, and I haven't, I haven't, mm. I haven't used my piano at all, which I need to once I. Once I move, I plan to use it much more. That's yeah. that's a whole other topic. But yeah, um, I had a similar thing as you did, where like we would play these crazy songs, and it's like like some kids would have wood blocks. We would have recorders. I don't know if you had this too. Those like awful. Well, that was like um, the that was more like elementary school. Yeah, we mm, had those. Yeah. But, uh, no, that was the same here. In that, uh, but in high school, it was more like. Uh, you know, I was playing saxophone. Mm. Some kids were playing trumpet, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. C- considering the the school I went to, I don't know how the school afford to pay for those. Because uh, throughout high school, I was al- always joking with my friends about how the school was slowly falling apart. Because mm-hmm. it was, you know, I don't know. I feel like uh, my school was in need of funds for a lot of stuff. But for some reason, they had enough instruments for an entire band. But that's another topic. Yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah, my my high school had a lot of funding uh, mismanagement as well, but we always had a good uh, band department because we would always go to competitions and bring back good scores. So the school was like, "All right, you can have money." Um, mm, but yeah, yeah, I would in high school. I I went through like a very uh, not very. It's not very like common uh, band path. Because in our right. we had a competition band, which is because in in I don't know if it's the same in Canada. I'm sure it is, but there's there's like show bands that like play just shows at uh, football games, but there's also competition bands who do like the football games, but they also go to um, like a state competition, or like they go they go to like that's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they go to like regional competitions, and then if they do good enough at those, we qualify for state competitions. Um, so, our band and most other competition bands had what is called a the front ensemble, which was just basically mm-hmm. keyboards and odds and ends. So, All right. um, when I was a freshman, 
uh, we had, this is completely true, we rigged up uh, four timpani drums onto a metal platform, and we would wheel me out onto the, out onto like the little uh, section of the field where the front ensemble was, and I would just play with my mallets and like play the timpani drums, which was, in retrospect, really cool, but at the time it was a yeah. real pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's definitely not the same here, because, mm-hmm. um, well, so basically, I wasn't, like, in a, um, you know, you had the the radio pro- program, and you had the music program. I wasn't in the the music program, but we still had uh, m- mandatory music class, because, yeah. I don't know. Um, but the, f- for, for the music program, they, the, I, I don't know if it was really competitions but you know they had a few shows that I, I remember they had kind of like a small tour in a few like uh elementary schools yeah yeah which uh you know my brother who was in the the program told me about that and, and i thought it was pretty cool um but you yeah, know it's interesting it's interesting that you mentioned how like uh, they were, would play at football uh, football games mm-hmm. And, you know, we had a football team at our school, but it wasn't nearly as big as... Because football oh, yeah. isn't nearly as big as it is in the United no, States. Ameri- like, you guys American, have an, American football is like... No other country has something that's so weirdly sensational as, like, American football can get. Yeah. Even in small towns. It's really funny mm-hmm. because, like, whenever I see, like, one of those high school movies where it's like, Oh, the football games tonight, guys... I have a moment of I mm-hmm. like it doesn't it doesn't register in my brain, and then like right. recently I'll think about it. I'm like, what do other countries think when they watch those movies? <laughs> like, do, do they just go like, why I'll, is everyone? I'll so, answer for yeah. that. Yeah. We think, well, when we see that, we think, oh, those Americans, <laughs> those Americans with their football and their McDonald's. <laughs> it is. That's basically it, though. For for us, it's like I don't know. Literally, whenever it's like Canada in our brains, like if you're not a ho- yeah. if you're not a hockey fan, Canada in your brain is just gonna be like maple syrup, a, <laughs> and the and the <laughs> well, French it's... in the north. That's like all we got. Yes. <laughs> um, but so what's interesting is that well, obviously, um, hockey is by far the most popular sport here. Mm-hmm. But so I really got to see just. This year, I got to see just how big hockey can be in Canada because the the Montreal's Canadian, which is the Montreal hockey team, got to the. Um, gonna, this is the only hockey conversation we're gonna have in the entire podcast because <laughs> I don't care about hockey. I don't either. But right, the the Montreal's uh, Canadian got to the the final of the Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. with the, which is you know the big hockey yeah prize, and. Everyone who cares even a little bit about hockey in Montreal went fucking crazy. I was. It's actually insane. Like there's, uh, there, there's pictures. I, I could, I can find pictures, and I'm gonna put them on the screen. But there are pictures of that people took when just, just when they they got to the final, where, the, it's. It, it was crazy. Like if you went downtown in Montreal near the um, the the Bell Center where there's uh, all the the hockey games, everyone was breaking shit. There were um, there were police cars like upside down. There was 
It was insane. Well, yeah, like, um, as as you know, but I haven't said it on the podcast, I don't think. Uh, recently, mm-hmm. I was in uh, Tampa, Florida, for the last couple weeks. And yes. uh, I, for anyone who follows hockey, you might know that they, it, you might know that Tampa Bay Lightning, that team, was the one to face off against uh, Montreal in the Stanley Cup Finals yeah, this year. Yeah, the, there were the pieces of shit who beat us. Yeah, and on my perspective, uh, I was for two weeks every game. I was surrounded by major Tampa Bay Lightning fans. I didn't really care, obviously, because I'm I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not a big hockey fan. But I like the friend that I went with down to Florida because his family's from there and we stayed with them. He's a big hockey fan, so I got to hear a lot about it, <laughs> which I'm not exactly sure. like I'm not I'm not I'm not like upset that I got to hear a lot about it because it's interesting because you know I don't I don't I, uh-huh. I don't really follow sports, um, right? But I was very because like we went to I think a watch party of like game two I don't remember, but like Maybe. yeah I just remember. Uh, I was not at the game that they won, like the whole thing. Uh, so I was. I, mm-hmm. I think. I think that was the night I watched. Um, I recently watched uh, Solaris by Andrei Tarkovsky. Mm. So I was. <laughs> I was. I was at <laughs> their house and I was watching Solaris on their TV because I bought it during the Criterion sale. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just like sitting there watching it, and then I finished it, and then he came home, and he's just like, "They won the Stanley Cup," and I'm like, "That's awesome." <laughs> So I was like, and then I'm like, uh, I'm like, man, the Canadians must be mad, and I forgot they that, that you're from Montreal. Yeah, <laughs> dude. No, like, cause I, um, as I said, I don't care either about hockey, but at my, at my job, like, it was mm-hmm. insane, cause every, li- literally, everyone was only talking about that. It was so annoying, <laughs> cause it was like they were talking. I, there was this um, particular girl who was talking to me about it, and uh, I told her, "Oh, I don't really care about hockey," and she was so like in shock. Really? She was like, "But it's, but it's the Canadians. They're in, the the Montreal Canadiens. They're in the they're in the." Uh, the, the finals this is the first time that it happened in like almost 30 years. Yeah, I don't really, I don't care about hockey. Was, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what is wrong with me. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, it was crazy. It's it's a very big, Just, like, I, I didn't realize it, but it's a big hockey scene down there in Tampa. Um, I, did, I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. To me, any hockey team, like, there's... Uh, any hockey team from a city that's more in the south, like uh, Tem- for Tampa Bay or even uh, Las Vegas, those cities are always thing like. I-, I always think I'm sure most of the people from that city don't even know they have a hockey team. Oh yeah, no Tampa. See, that's the thing. Tampa loves their team, uh, and it's ve- it's very obvious that like they have a they have a hockey team. But I can assure you, in Vegas, all they all they talk about is sin. <laughs> Because I've been I've been to Vegas and it is yeah. it's another world. It's not even like oh, it yeah. feels like another country. <laughs> it feels it feels like a giant theme park. It really oh my god, that's a great way to describe it. It is like a giant <laughs> theme park. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's really interesting to see how like you know because we're. One big ball f- floating, floating in the universe, but everyone everywhere is so different. It's really oh, yeah. interesting, uh, interesting to see the different uh, cultures like that's. You know, we were 
Uh, that's actually something I remember, though, I, I wanted to talk about earlier in the podcast, but the conversation kind of changed, so I couldn't mention mm-hmm. it. But we were talking about the kind of like what uh, the, the state of cinema was like in, in Japan. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to mention the, the film that I know that the you've also watched and that you also like. Uh, that I, but that I watched in, uh, in a, f- a few weeks ago, which is Millennium Actress, mm-hmm. um, which is a film by uh, Satoshi Kon, who's this um, famous and amazing uh, anime movies uh, director in well from Japan who made films like this one, but also um, Paprika and Perfect Blue. He was uh, and uh, he was extremely mm-hmm. it. The part about Satoshi Kon that like really. Uh, like surprises me every time I think about him is that he had such a like massive impact on the mm-hmm. uh, the anime world and cinema, uh, but he was only active for like fifteen years. It's actually insane because he made he made four it's he crazy. made four films and an, an anime series, and then he unfortunately mm-hmm. passed away at like fifty something. But yeah, and it's it's a very he's just he's a very. Uh, beautiful mind that's really all i can say it's just it's a very everything he makes is so good and i was thinking about watching one of his movies tonight actually <laughs> yeah it's you know because um uh about I, I think maybe two months ago i saw paprika because mm-hmm. it was um i heard many people compare it to inception and i love inception so i thought i should probably see it then i saw it and was like oh he must be uh the kind of guy who makes uh, crazy films with crazy stories and then i saw Merlin and actress and was like all right there's more to this guy oh yeah i um, I, I i will say mm-hmm. that earlier observation of yours is not entirely incorrect because <laughs> i've seen i've only seen from him perfect blue and uh, millennium actress and Mille- millennium right. actress is i would say perfect blue and millennium actress are like two sides of the same coin which eventually i don't know because we we've talked we've talked about doing um we've talked about doing like multiple movies per episode eventually like for wh- whatever whatever yeah. like sets of movies we want to talk about eventually mm-hmm. eventually i want to talk about satoshi's khan's catalog um, because there's a lot. Well, yeah, since it's yeah, it's there's four yeah four movies, yeah. one show, and like a few short films. Yeah, we could definitely cover that in an episode, in like a really a really yeah, long one, obviously. A very long episode, yeah. but also a very good episode. Yeah. So yeah, no, Perfect Blue and Millennium Actress are very similar movies, just taken in a very different direction. Because, right, I won't spoil anything. But Millennium Actress is... They, they both kind of talk about the nature of fame and notoriety. Millennium Actress mm-hmm. takes it in a very positive light and kind of gets you to see, like, what good cinema can do for people and, like, what it means to have, like, people that you can look up to in the, you know, the world of fame and all that. Perfect Blue is the opposite. It's... It's the much darker, the much more chaotic and awful part of fame, and I think mm-hmm. I think those two movies work in extremely well as companion pieces. And I have never seen Paprika, Tokyo Godfathers, or or uh, Paranoia Agent, which is the anime that he made. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. I am very I'm very much looking forward to watching them soon, because <laughs> mm-hmm. his, his work yeah. is probably I would I would say. He's probably like in my top ten directors at this point. He's great, cause like you know, um, 
but before I saw Millennium, Millennium Actress, I only heard the name because because it, it was one of his films, but I didn't know anything about about it. But then it was added to the Criterion Channel, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, might as well see it. And I saw it, and it was an instant five star for mm-hmm. me. Like I love this film. I still need to. Um, I don't know if I. I wouldn't say Millennium Actress is a instant is a five is a five star for me, but I can I mm-hmm. can see it growing on me exponentially even in the future. It's to me. It was especially the 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 last uh, act. Oh my god! Like the last thirty Ooh. minutes of the film, which is just insane. Ooh, so good. <laughs> oh man, it's crazy. And also, um, I. I that's kind of a, a funny thing that I noticed, but have you watched the Kurosawa film, um, uh, the Throne of Blood? Not yet, no. All right, you uh, you know the scene in Millennium Actress, which is like uh, samurai. Yeah. A big, I think, a massive part of the that scene is taken from Throne of Blood because mm-hmm. he basically copied the entirety of the the last scene. In uh, Throne of Blood, there's also which is when the yeah yeah go mm, ahead, but yeah well which is the scene where she gets kind of like thrown uh, arrows and even the the kind of like spirit which comes comes back uh, throughout the film is from Throne of Blood. Oh, that's awesome! I didn't know that. Yeah, so I wonder if there's more kind of like references to other oh, classic sure. uh, Japanese films. There must be. No, I I think and that's like, yeah. no. I think the word love letter to cinema gets thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say Satoshi Kon's Millennium Actress is like one of the true like tributes to movies that there is. Definitely. Because I mean to some extent like basically every film can be interpreted uh, interpreted as a love letter to cinema. True. This film really is one. No, it's definitely one that like takes its influences and mishes, mishmashes it into one big adventure that is so, so beautiful. Oh my goodness, that's such mm-hmm. a good movie. <laughs> oh man, it really is. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we should we decide what next episode what next week's episode is going to be? Um, I guess so. Alrighty. I so will you go ahead and do that. Alright. Keep them entertained while I while I randomize my list. All right. Hey, folks. Oh, fuck. I don't know what to <laughs> say. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't really know what to say. I could talk about movies, but I don't know. Recently, I haven't really watched that many films. Uh, oh, yeah. I guess I could say that I've been really late on this, but I recently got way into Bo Burnham's Inside. Mm. Which we kind of, which we kind of talked about. Inside is gonna get an episode but of its own. Oh, I forgot to mention it this. Absolutely is. Um, yeah, there was mm. there was a point where, because uh, you talked about seeing Pink Floyd's The Wall in theaters, mm. I had the opportunity to see uh, Bo Burnham's Inside in theaters. Uh, I had the opportunity to see it tonight, but I ultimately decided against it because uh, the nearest showing to me was in the middle of Michigan. Which is, it's about two hours away wow. from where I was, or where I am now. So, I don't see like I think my car could make it, but it would be really bad if it couldn't. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, I it, mean, it was a really hard decision to make, but I ultimately decided just to stay home because I was like, ah, oh, 
I want to see it. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I would love, I think, I'd love to see yeah. it in the movie in the theater, but it's the way it goes, I guess. Is I think there are a lot of films that are worth seeing, especially since like uh, films like, as I mentioned, Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd, The Wall, mm. but also uh, especially 2001: A Space Odyssey, which I really want to see in a theater. Those are films that you're the is really going to have an impact on your opinion of the film if you see them in theaters or not. If you, uh, if you haven't, I don't think yeah. if you haven't seen Spirited Away in theaters, you are doing yourself a disservice. Yes. That movie in the theater. That's. That's also is yeah. one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. <laughs> That's also one that I have to see in theaters, but I feel like Bobernim's inside is not one of those. I can see that. I really can. I feel like it's more not necessarily about being, um, not being taken by like the taken by it if you want, but more about you know uh, hearing the songs and hearing what he has to say, and you know. And try try to find what, what what are the the meanings of all the things he said. That's more the the, the purpose, in my opinion, of the so uh, uh, of that. So Phil, I have next I yes. have next week's movie recommendation. Yes, 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 yes. Next week's movie, as decided by my randomizer list, is Ex Machina. Oh, all right. Have you ever seen Ex Machina? Huh. I have not. Mm. It's going to be interesting for me too because it has been many a year since I seen Ex Machina. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I heard about it when it came out, mm-hmm. and I know what it is, but that's pretty much that's all it is. Yeah. So yeah, I, uh, I would love to. So yeah, that that's my recommendation for next week, I guess. All right. That's uh, that's a very interesting. Uh, very interesting uh, choice, I think. <laughs> I'm really curious to see it. I really don't know that much about it. I mean, I I, I know this like a uh, sci-fi film. There's, there's like robots involved or something. Mm-hmm. Very very curious to see it now. Yeah, I, it'll be it'll be something because I this will be the first one that we've discussed so far that I haven't seen in like multiple years. <laughs> right. So you'll get a very different. Uh, perspective from me at least yeah i mean from from uh, for me it's the second film that uh, we've talked about that i have uh, that i haven't seen yet mm. so yeah all right Alrighty. yeah so i guess that this is it for uh uh for the episode so thanks everyone for tuning in mm-hmm. um so if you like uh this episode if it was your first time uh, watching an episode, you can uh, subscribe to, to our channel. There's a, a new episode coming every Friday, so uh, yeah, you, you can subscribe and uh, get ready every Friday to, to watch a new episode. You can like, comment, obviously, just like any other YouTube videos. Um, you can also follow us on our different different um, social medias in the description. We've got our um, our letterbox, our Twitter, and also our YouTube channels uh, where. I, I think you make uh, you make short films mm-hmm. and I make music. I plan to I so plan to gotta... branch out into other types of videos sometime, but right. don't, don't hold your breath on that for any kind of dates or anything. Don't <laughs> right. don't hold me to that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna try to to make more videos on my channel. But yeah, I make music if that interests anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, thanks. Uh, thank you very much for uh, 
bearing with us through the uh, entire episode. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you.